Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. The following podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you wish to support the Healing the City podcast, you can go to the show notes, click support the show, and you can become a subscriber for three, five, or ten dollars a month. This will help offset the hosting costs and continue the ministry of Healing the City podcast. Also, if you wish to support the show, we really encourage you to rate us on Apple and Spotify and other places that podcasts are listened to, and give us a good review. Thanks. Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. My name is Pastor Eric Seepin, and the following three podcasts are an interview that I did with Stephen Bejarano from the Village Church. I really hope you enjoy his story um, over the next few weeks. So, so tell me, like, um, all this time, I, I can remember having a conversation with Michelle when she was coming to church, mm-hmm. and, and with Anna. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, yeah, I don't know if Stephen's going to come to church. <laughs> so, what's your faith? Like, all this is going on. What's, mm-hmm. What was your experience with faith in your life up to that point? Yeah. Up to six months ago? Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. also, like... How'd you end up here? Like, what what did God do? Like, what? oh man, yeah, that story is is uh, still amazing to me. Um, and, and Anna, God bless her, I love that woman so much. Um, she's incredible. So, my faith and my journey and my relationship with God has, um, I would say, up until six months ago, been very. Um, Strange. So I grew up in a Catholic household. My mom's mom is very, uh, very religious, very Catholic. And so growing up, my mom would also go to church, go to Catholic church. I think my stepdad was pretty heavily Catholic as well. So it kind of just ended up working out that way. But I remember, um, shoot, as far back as I can remember, um, you know, being dragged to church on Sundays. Um, you know, my ADHD personality, not (laughs) loving it, like just so strict, sit in the pew, be quiet, listen to what this pastor is talking about and, uh, like it basically is like what I was told. Right. And then, um, you know, wait your turn to go back to the kids class and listen to Bible stories and then come back, um, you know, communion. Um, I did first Holy communion classes. I did, you know, confessions. I did, you know, um, all my Hail Marys, rosaries at, you know, all the family gatherings. It was just a, to me, it felt very ritualistic and it felt very forced to the point where I just, I think I got, I got to a point where I didn't connect with it. I didn't, like, I almost put up a wall because I was like, I'm being forced to be here. I don't want to be here. So this is how I'm going to rebel. I'm just going to disconnect. But I, I remember it being a part of my life growing up. Um, and I know, like, I've always known the Lord's Prayer. I've always known Hail Mary by heart. I've always known those things. But because they were force-fed to me, right? Not because I said, hey, I really want to go learn these things and and talk about them. And so the most positive relationship or, or aspect of my religious relationship was was the Wednesday uh, classes with my friends 
because we would go, we would play on the playground for a while, we'd come in and we'd eat pizza bites, we'd read one story from the Bible and talk about it, and you know I love talking, um, and, uh, and then we would go home, right? And so like my, my buddy and I would carpool, one of our parents would take us, one of our parents would pick us up, so it was almost more of like a friendship gathering thing for me than it was a religious gathering thing, but then Sundays were always really hard, and so one day... I think I was maybe between 10, 12. My mom had just said, like, it's up to you guys now. Like, you can, you want to come, you don't want to come. And the second I got the opportunity, I was like, I don't want to come. I'm good. Thank you. Um, And so I think that put a pretty negative mindset for me on religion as a whole. Like, I started to, I would always be one of those people that would say, like, I believe in a higher power. I'm not going to call him God. You call it whatever you want. I believe sure. that there's something out there, there's something stronger, there's a higher power. But for the longest time, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this God guy. Um, and so when, you know, I, I got together with Michelle and started having a close relationship with Anna, um, she's always, she, you know, Anna, she's very <laughs> open about her faith. Yes, she's she not is. ashamed. She is very proud. And she'll tell you, you know, what she's praying for, what she thinks, um, but very respectfully, right? And so, for the first few years that I knew Anna, I was like, man, she's just, she's very religious and she wants us to come to church and she wants us to, you know, have a relationship with Jesus and learning more and more about Michelle and Michelle kind of growing up in that faith and in the church and being very, for the most part of her life, very connected with her faith. Um, it was, it was kind of weird for me to see her not connected with her faith. Right. And so, um, she has her own story and I'm sure she'll tell it at some point, but, um, you know, a lot of the things that we were doing when we first met were not very religious or biblical. Like we were always smoking, we would drink, we would, you know, do whatever we wanted, basically live our lives. And, uh, I know that Anna was always praying for us to, you know, get back in touch with our faith, to come here, uh, to stop smoking, to be more healthy, just to live, you know, better lives uh, for multiple reasons. And come to find out too, I have a a lot of other friends that we've met through, you know, professional endeavors and just through life that are also very religious, very Christian, that have been praying for the same things Mm. without knowing that Anna was praying for the same things. So without me knowing, I've had, you know, forces outside of me praying for Mm. these types of things to happen, right? And so, you know, we're about... 27, 28 years into my story at this point, and I've told everyone listening that, you know, from about 14 on, I had been using marijuana religiously, chronically. It was uh, religion. It, yes, I, you could say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, self-medicating and got to the point, you know, once I could financially afford to, it was a daily, multiple times daily thing. Uh, and I always justified it by saying, you know, this is my medication. I have a medical card to say so. Um, and I don't, it doesn't hinder my life. I, I grew my career successfully still. I would still show up on time. I was still, in my mind, a good person. I didn't do anything to harm anyone else, right? right? Yeah. Um, but one day um, in May, I woke up and... Um, got in the shower, taking a shower, and a thought out of nowhere just just strikes me. And I said to myself, you know, 
I think I'm done smoking. I think I'm just going to stop. And I was just, it's just a decision. I just decided today's the day I'm done. And, and it was just a random day. I don't know if it was a Saturday or Friday. I got out of the shower and I told Michelle and I think part of her didn't believe me. And then the other part of her was mad at me because we were to the point where it was it was habitual. It was, you know, okay, I got a work meeting. Let me go take a quick puff. I got, uh, you know, a meal in 20 minutes. Let me go take a quick puff. Oh, I'm going to go to bed. Let me take a quick puff. We would actually sit outside every night, and that was kind of our thing together where we would just talk and catch up on our day and smoke together and laugh about things, and then we'd go inside and, you know, maybe watch a show, maybe not, and we'd go to bed. Um, so I think a lot of that was like, for her, you're making this decision, but this impacts both of us. And like, you didn't talk to me about this. You just kind of made this decision. And um, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to, I'm not telling you what you have to do, right. but this is what I think I'm going to do. And And I think the other part of her didn't believe it. To the point where, um, you know, we had plants growing in our house because I remember I went to yeah. Colorado and yeah. I learned how to grow. So I was like, well, if I know how to do this, why am I going to spend all this money? I right. can just, I yeah. can just create it. Make it yourself. Yeah. Uh, and so um, she had all these questions, you know, what, what are we going to do with what we have? What are we going to do with the plants? This and the third. And I was like, look, like, we'll deal with all that later. Let, let me just try to get through this week with without smoking, right? Because going from, you know, almost every hour of every day to just not doing it, I think for anything, you could do that with coffee, you could do that with soda, and it would probably not be a great time for your right. brain and your body. So yeah, um, she, I think, smoked for one more day. And then she was like, all right, if you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And so we went through that together. Um, that was tough. There was, you know, headaches, lack of appetite. We couldn't sleep for a while, really weird dreams. Um, but we got to like the third day and I think that even further solidified it for, for me. I can't speak for her, but I was just at the point where I'm like, well, if I've made it this far, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to restart this process again. Right, right. Um, and I'll tell friends, I'll tell people that know me. When I told my mom, um, people are just like, what? made you do that why what like you, you weren't diagnosed with anything you weren't sick like why did you decide to do that and looking back on it now and what i always tell people is like it, it was god like something other than me made that decision for me to take my life the way i was living and what i believed and completely 180 it and just start living a completely different way and so um when that happened i uh, and, and of course, you know, we told Anna, we told, we told everybody that knew us, um, and Anna got me a Bible. And so I was like, okay, you know, I think my mind was a little bit more open to like, okay, if that could happen to me, like the thing that I said to people that I would probably do until I was on my deathbed has changed. There's, it's gotta be God. It's gotta be something that is not in my own power. Something is is moving me to make this decision, right? And so I don't want to say that I heard God talk to me or like, you know, you heard his voice, but fine. but he he worked through me, right? That's not a decision that I would have ever in a million years made on my own right. because I was fine with how I was living. I was fine with what I was doing. I was 
fairly happy with where my life was and the success that I've gained and, you know, the type of parents that we were and how we were living. And I would just tell people like, this is who I am. This is part of me and you can take it or leave it. Um, but he changed that. And I, I found that very powerful and very moving. And so started, um, you know, reading the Bible, just kind of getting back in touch with my faith. Um, and Michelle had already, a few weeks before this, had already started coming to the village. And she would ask me very gently every week, like, do you want to come? Like, just come check it out. It's very different. I think, I think it'll be something that, you know, fits well with you because it's not a traditional church. In my mind, and like, all I can think about at this point is like, okay, church is stained glass windows, huge open hall, really uncomfortable pews, kneeling down and standing up and kneeling down and standing up and 1500 Hail Marys in a row, right? That's what my, (laughs) my mindset on church was. And so I think that all happening was my first moment of like, okay, maybe I am interested. And for, I think the first few weeks, because of that negative connotation in my head that I had from being, being a kid in a Catholic church was like, man, I think the Bible's enough for me. I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm going to have my own faith and that'll be good. Um, and then a couple more weeks went by and I was like, wow, I actually like, I quit. Um, and, and your wife, Sue came over, um, and, and prayed for us and just listened to our story and, and listened to what we were telling her about what we were going through. And that really moved me in hearing her pray for us. I, I cried for the first time in a long time when she, I get emotional thinking about it now, when, uh, she prayed for us. And I remember talking to Michelle and I was like, that's, what people at the village are like. And she's like, yes. Okay, I'll go with you on Sunday. And so I came and um, short of, you know, being out of town or like last minute things, I think I've been here every Sunday since. I think I missed one or two, which we'll watch on the live stream, which is also an amazing thing that we can do if you're not able to be present. Um, But that's kind of how, um, how he's worked in my life and kind of my story up until now. So, yeah, it's one of the things that I'm, and I think I'm grateful for how he's made me and not being shy and not being afraid to speak up and and be honest, because a lot of people I think would feel shame with, you know, that everything that I just shared and the way I was living, but I, I don't, you know, I think all of that was his way of getting me to here, right? And I'm grateful that now being back in touch with my faith and growing my faith and getting in touch with the word and reading through the Bible, which I still am like maybe 15% of the way through, um, it is allowed me to look back and say, okay, that was him yeah. getting me here, yeah. right? Even if it was painful, even if it was not realized by me at the time because I wasn't even a believer at that point in my life, right. it was still part of my journey. So. Yeah, man. Um, it's been a long ride, but uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place now. And I'm really grateful just to, to have my faith and, and have all of y'all here and, and have this church because I've also realized through pilgrim group meetings and different facets of the church that we are a very unique church. And I think I'm able to thrive in this community and in my faith because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would do well still, even though I am strong in my faith with the Lord. I would. I don't think I would do well in a Catholic church or like a high church setting. I think it would 
be very difficult for me. So, yeah. Cool. Long answer again. Yeah, no, no, this is really really beautiful. And man, I'd love to go for another hour with you and just kind of explore some stuff. And maybe we can do that later on down the road. But I guess to kind of wrap this up, as uh, as you walk into this new space in your life, like what, like what are you hoping? Like you look look down the road a couple years from now. What do you, you know, what do you, where do you want to be? Like, what do you hope that God's going to do? Um. Really, I think for me personally, I just want to continue growing my faith, growing my understanding and ability to interpret the word and how it relates to my life and my journey. Um, I want to continue serving the Lord, serving the community and being able to do that because I've, I haven't found anything in a long time that fills my cup, like doing things like that does for me, like just being a part of the community, having dinner with people from the village, being able to do even the littlest things that have significant impacts on, on other mm. people here's lives, little things like doing the dishes, you know what I mean? Like I, I just get fulfillment out of that. And then for, you know, others around me and my family, I just want him to guide me in you know, raising these beautiful little kids that we have and in my relationship with Michelle and my relationship with, you know, my parents, with Anna and Ken and, and, and with the community. So those are my biggest hopes. And I think the last thing that I want is to not have Danielle and Elijah go through the experience that my sister and I went through yeah. when it comes to religion and faith. I want mm-hmm. them to understand and appreciate God and appreciate Jesus, but also I want it to get to a point where they choose to be here and want to be here and not feel like we are forcing them to be here. So those are, those are my biggest hopes. That's awesome. This is a great, I really enjoyed this. This You're an easy interview. I don't have to ask a lot of questions and you got me tearing up a whole bunch. It's God. It's just so cool to see what God has done in your life. And I'm excited I'm excited to learn from you and be part of your life in in this uh, community. So thanks, man. Thank Thank you. you Thanks for having me and thanks for all that you do for us. Yeah. Cool. You've been listening to Healing the City Podcast, part three of Stephen's story.